0: I'm Alexander Hefter, your host on The Open Mind. You're listening to our daily podcast edition, Patricia Campos Melo. She is an award-winning Brazilian journalist. Thank you so much, Patricia, for joining me.
1: Thank you, Alexander, for having me.
0: How would you assess the condition on the ground right now in Brazil? I know we're going to talk a lot about press freedom in Brazil and elsewhere but how is the public health condition where you are
1: well as you of course you have heard about it uh we have a sanitary disaster in Brazil we're approaching uh, 100,000 deaths by covid-19 uh the management of this crisis by the government has been really really bad uh we had conflicting messages from the federal government and from state governments. The federal government was sabotaging the whole social distancing guidelines. Uh, And I guess we are seeing the results of this uh, misguided policies uh, on the ground. Yes, we
0: do know here north of you because we've had our own botched response and um, the reality about the disconnect between Science and um, heating that science is uh, is well understood here, uh, with uh, over 160,000 who've died in the United States. Um, so we we are really in two disaster areas, um, and one of the things that they share is a government, a central government, that wanted to deny the existence of science or or just ignored it, and I wonder. With respect to your central government and Bolsonaro, do you see it as he 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 accepts that science exists, but he was just being reckless, or he he doesn't he just ignores scientific fact
1: Excellent question. Um, well, I think uh, he really ignores science, or he thinks science is a communist plot. Uh, as everything else, because uh, he's still uh, going on TV and on the streets saying that hydroxychloroquine is, you know, the solution. So there's a medication against COVID-19. So there's no need for social distancing or other, um, you know, measures because these are, uh, far worse than the disease itself because people are starving because of the social distancing measures. So uh, I think he really uh, does not believe in science. He thinks uh, he's been sharing all those videos talking about that, uh, you know, the virus is a Chinese uh, creation lab creation and the hydroxychloroquine is, you know, the cure Uh, So I think he's a true believer in non-science. One of the differences between
0: our respective countries, uh, while both of our leaders have ignored science or don't believe in science or or want for political reasons to cast dispersions on science, your leader, um, to to our knowledge, um, had COVID, um, and and was infected, and senior people in his leadership were also infected. There have been some reports of infections in our federal government, but not of the president. So he, can you tell us about the nature of his COVID infection and why you think that when he had the opportunity to turn the corner and actually help the country – adhere to social distancing and that, that he, he failed to, even though he himself has suffered the condition.
1: Um, we were all sort of expecting uh, the moment that he would be infected because he was participating in protests with thousands or hundreds of people every Sunday that were taking place in front of the presidential palace, uh with some of his supporters uh, asking for the closure of Congress and the Supreme Court. So every Sunday he was there, you know, with hundreds of people not wearing a mask. So it was just a matter of time. And he and several other members of the cabinet, I think over 20 ministers or secretaries uh, did get infected. However, Uh, We did not see a reaction like Boris Johnson, the the prime minister, the British prime minister, uh, because maybe because Bolsonaro had a very mild case of COVID-19, which is... Uh, ironically, exactly what he said, he, he spent all the time saying that, okay, so this is just a regular cold, and I'm, I have, I've been an athlete my whole life, so it's not going to be worse than a, 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 just a cold if I get infected. So there was no uh, change in his uh, behavior, and he's still saying uh, everybody's going to get infected at some time. It's just a cold. Only very uh, old people or people with diabetes are going to suffer. So there's no need for social distancing. Right. And, and of course, that
0: mythology uh, is incorrect. And you report that. From the perspective of a Brazilian journalist um, who is a leading voice in the Fourth Estate in your country... How free are you to make those corrections in Brazil in this particular regime, in this particular context, to say the, pre- the president is incorrect, this is not a cold? Uh, how free is the press in Brazil right now?
1: First of all, uh, reporting about COVID-19 in Brazil has been challenging because the government has been trying to distort statistics so they have changed the methodology of accounting for uh, deaths and, and cases. Uh, it was so extreme that the media outlets got together with the state governments to do a parallel accounting of the number of cases and deaths because we could no longer trust government figures. On the other hand, we don't have like a previous censorship like we had in the military dictatorship, like the classical Version of censorship, but what we do have is uh, intimidation, campaigns, and you know, uh, slander and 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 uh, attack, uh, character assassination campaigns, both in person and on social media. We've had one photojournalist that was punched and kicked while he was covering uh, a protest that was asking for the closure of Congress, uh, while the. Bolsonaro supporters were yelling, you know, the media is communist, the media uh, wants a coup d'etat. So, and also in in social media, everybody who raises their voice to criticize or to investigate the government's uh, handling of the crisis, uh, we are attacked, our families are attacked, Uh, we get our, you know, uh, personal information exposed, Uh, we have... uh, calling. People sometimes call us uh, with threatening calls. So it's not the classical uh, version of censorship that we've had, but it's another kind of censorship. You know, it's intimidation and it's the threat of exposing your personal information and your family. Uh, So that's what's happening here, Alexander.
0: That is helpful to understand. It sounds similar to the situation in the United States um, although we did not have the same period of dictatorship or military rule within recent memory. Um, but you hear journalists and most recently the NIH director saying that he requires bodyguards, his, his uh, daughters are um, being threatened by the, the anti-science um, movement um, how galvanized are these threats um, and, and and to what extent is bolsonaro as the populace who wants to further fan the flames here involved in that kind of suppression or or intimidation is is he and his are he are he and his government Involved in that suppression?
1: Yes, uh, I think maybe that's one difference. Uh, Our presidents are very similar. Actually, uh, President Bolsonaro, uh, uh, President Trump is his idol. He says that uh, over and over again that he wants to emulate everything that President Trump does. However, I think that President Bolsonaro is more directly involved in the intimidation campaigns against opposition leaders and, and journalists. Um, I, I can say by personal experience, uh, his son, who's a deputy legislator, and himself, they have uh, said in you know, uh, live TV uh, with, uh, and also on social media, for instance, that I was offering sex uh, in exchange for uh, scoops. So this is the president. The president actually made a joke of this and his son said that literally. So um, I don't think uh, in the U.S., uh, uh, the president, I mean, I know it's very complicated as well, but I mean, he he personally says that and he personally says, uh, um, you know, and that's like Trump, that, you know, fake news media, the media is communist, blah, blah, blah. And and in a way, he's inflaming or... uh, working as a green light for his supporters to take these intimidation campaigns and these uh, threats to the streets, you know, to uh, actual uh, life, actual physical uh, attacks and, and physical threats. That's what happened, for instance, last week with the most popular YouTuber in Brazil, who's got 32 million uh, followers, his YouTube channel, Felipe Neto who had people showing up at his house and, you know, yelling that he was a pedophile, which was a fake news campaign supported by the uh, government uh, allies and his sons?
0: I think the situations are comparable in in the sense that there, there are ways in which both governments are actively facilitating the anti-science illiteracy um, for their ulterior political motives. In, in your case, you, you're, you're the victim of a direct personal a- attack. Um, in, in the United States, there have been one or two uh, black women journalists who've challenged the president, and he has responded um, with comments that denigrate them, Uh, And while not personally attacking them or accusing them of false um, corruption um, or or distorted attacks on them and their family, there is this explicit race baiting. Um, In your case, it, it is more personal to each human and each family, the families of journalists that might be threatened, is there an element of of uh, of the attack on, on the press and uh, freedom of speech that that is similarly uh, race based or or focus on an indigenous element that uh, Bolsonaro wants to attack?
1: The exact same playbook that President Trump and President Bolsonaro are using the you know sort of digital populist. Uh, for their communication strategy to work, you know, uh, communicating directly with the supporters with no uh, traditional media uh, filter or no traditional media fact-checking, uh, you have to attack the media. You have to delegitimize the media, right? And that's what they have been saying. In Brazil specifically, it's been particularly uh, tough for women journalists, uh, both uh, black and white women journalists. And the president has shown, uh, you know, has uh, had some uh, several racist comments and even comments that were very demeaning to indigenous people, not specifically towards journalists, but towards, you know, uh, the uh, black population in general, saying, you know, that they don't like to work, Uh, he was referring to people who were heirs to to, uh, former slaves uh, and and because we have uh, specific um, uh, social programs for them. He was criticizing the social programs, saying, oh, you know, these people don't like to work. uh, And also indigenous people, on top of all the measures, the policy measures he's been adopting that are really, really bad, you know, against indigenous reservations, he's also said, you know, In a very demeaning way, you know, we don't, we're against uh, indigenous reservations because these people need development. They need, you know, the real life, the modern life. So I'm not sure if he's been targeting uh, journalists specifically, uh, black journalists or journalists from indigenous ancestry, but he's been targeting these uh, populations in general. In Brazil, what would you say is the
0: strongest protection you have we in this country whether it is a youtuber or the new york times would point to the first amendment uh, but in in brazil would you say that your protections for for free speech are rigorous and how do they apply to you um as a a, a professional newspaper woman
1: uh versus digital media Question. Um, it's interesting how nowadays uh, extreme right wing bloggers and uh, s- social media personalities, influencers, they have been saying that they are the ones being censored and they need uh, freedom of speech. Their freedom of speech is being violated uh, because they uh, equate freedom of speech with freedom to uh, use hate uh, speech which is completely different, but it's what's happening in Brazil. Uh, in terms of professional media and free speech rights, um, I'm not an opinion writer. I, you know, I am an investigative reporter. So usually um, uh, these, they do protect, for instance, free speech laws, do protect uh, the confidentiality of sources, for instance. And up until now, the uh, checks and balances system in Brazil has been working because the Supreme Court and Congress have been acting to sort of, uh, you know, uh, avoid the worst uh, authoritarian measures coming from the Bolsonaro government. So he tried a few times to block information or, or you know, uh, news that he didn't like, but he was not successful. What he is doing, though, uh, He's implementing measures that stifle financially uh, media outlets, including putting pressure on private advertisers to stop advertising on on media outlets that are critical uh,
0: towards the government. And what do you think is the playbook here specifically as you report on the evolution of, of his authoritarian grasp on power um, do you think that he has been emboldened as a result of the pandemic and will be more – it will be more difficult to, to keep him accountable and potentially an, allow for a free and fair election In Brazil or in the U.S.? (laughs) In in Brazil, you know, if if you were to look at the timeline for the voters' next opportunity to put a check on his authoritarian tendencies or to uh, remove him entirely in favor of a different approach, do you think that his grasp on power as a result of the pandemic and maybe even before the pandemic is strong enough to avoid those checks, both the checks of other people in government saying, this is not how the, how you should do it, and the check from the Brazilian public?
1: Um, I think in Brazil, we didn't have the movement that there was in Hungary, for instance, that the prime minister, uh, Viktor Orbán, uh, took the opportunity of the pandemic to uh, implement legislation that gave him you know, a lot of power over Congress. Uh, Here, we didn't have anything like this, because uh, in the first place, the president was denying that COVID-19 was a serious threat or was a serious issue. What he did do, though, was try to implement measures that would uh, uh, make him and all government uh, officials uh, immune to any kind of uh, prosecution for mismanagement of the crisis. But the Supreme Court blocked that measure. What I do think, though, is, unlike in the U.S., where uh, at least polling shows that the mismanagement of the, the COVID-19 pandemic does have uh, an impact on uh, approval rates, President Trump's approval rates, here in Brazil, it's just really uh, uh, baffling that he maintains 30 percent support, uh, very stable So, I think uh, up until now, we have had a very healthy system of checks and balances, and he does keep this 30% approval rate. He has this uh, loyal uh, uh, part of the population that is very loyal. But if he were to. As does Trump. (laughs) Yes, yes. But but the difference in your
0: country is that there's more of an opportunity for other parties, whereas our system is really Democrat and Republican, and therefore. If you have only 30%, you're in trouble because the other party, if there are only two viable parties, you know, one one is going to succeed. Um, I suppose I'm asking you, Patricia, the, the question as it relates to uh, power and the idea that once a populist or authoritarian latches on, then he or she is more likely to be able to preserve that power even through illegal or extrajudicial means. And so there has been this conversation in the United States about the legitimacy of the election in November as a result of Trump's own activities to prevent votes. And as a result of Trump possibly not conceding and accepting defeat. And, and 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 that's why I asked the question, even though the Supreme Court, both, both Brazil and the U.S. Supreme Courts have at times imposed that check, do you fear that as long as Bolsonaro is in power, there may not be the opportunity for a, a free and fair election?
1: Uh, he's been... Uh, gradually and constantly eroding uh, the democratic uh, pillars in, in Brazil because he's attacking like, viciously checks and balances, Supreme Court and Congress. So, for instance, he dismantled this anti-corruption operation that was huge. It's called Car Wash Operation, and that was threatening his allies. And he's, he's been trying to interfere with our version of FBI because uh, it's been investigating his sons. So I think as time passes, he's been trying and he's been succeeding in some ways to uh, erode some of the pillars that are uh, supporting our democracy and, and some of the institutions. So I do fear that as time passes, uh, maybe these uh, institutions will not be as solid, will not support so many attacks. Yes.
0: As a final question, um, when is the next opportunity for the Brazilian people to electorally hold Bolsonaro to account, uh, either through an election or a referendum or an initiative, but in a national context where they have an opportunity to either remove him by virtue of an election or, uh, in, in essence, vote, get, deliver him a vote of no confidence. That is the people. When is the next opportunity for the people to give him that?
1: Um, We have uh, municipal elections, elections for mayor this year. Uh, At the end of the year, they changed the dates because of the COVID-19. So, but it should be between October and November. And then presidential elections are only in 2022. However, there are several investigations going on that might interfere with, you know, the elections or President Bolsonaro's um, mandate. So... If everything goes according to plan, only in 2022 are we going to have the opportunity to, you know, vote for president again. And
0: those investigations you're saying, just to be clear, might speed up that timetable or might even force him to resign or, or, or what would those investigations trigger, you're saying?
1: Part of the investigations might force him to resign, might lead to an impeachment process. And the other part of the investigations might uh, basically uh, annul the results of the elections in 2018, because they are investigating into the use of social media in an illegal way uh, to attack opponents. So, both, both uh, options. I don't think it's likely because of the political context at this time, but it is true that they, there are those investigations going on.
0: It's a scary world. Patricia Campos-Melo, award-winning journalist. Um, I send you warm greetings and all best health and protection for you and your fellow journalists. Thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you very much, Alexander. Same to the U.S. journalists.